Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. When you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. See, when we heard the word of truth about Jesus, when we believed the word of truth about Jesus, what did we do? He, we were sealed with the promised Holy One, the Holy Spirit. Welcome to High Point with Ron Zappia. I'm Steve Smith, and we're coming to you today from High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. Now, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to be talking about today here on High Point, and it's the topic of Ron's message. It's titled, The Doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Steve. Unfortunately, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is often the forgotten God. And you know, what you believe about the Holy Spirit is vital. I mean, there's so many misunderstandings floating around as to what his role is, as to who he is. And so just to catch us up, we've already covered how he convicts, how he converts, how he empowers, but he does so much more. So today we're going to cover seven more reasons why the Holy Spirit is so important to our faith as followers of Christ. Well, let's get right into it. We're listening to part two of a message on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Prepare your hearts, listen in. Here's Pastor Ron. I'm going to give you the top 10 reasons why I believe the Holy Spirit is everything to Christian. Reason number one, go ahead, open up your Bibles, Genesis chapter one. We're going to do a lot this morning. I'm going to do like a countdown. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to go from 10 to one. And the 10th reason why is this. Look with me at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says this. In the beginning, God did what? You tell me, what's that word? Are you there yet? What did God do? He created, and it started from nothing. That literally means, that word created means that God created out of nothing. You say, yep, I got that, Ron, I understand. Look at verse 2. This is the one I want to draw your attention to. The earth was without form or void. That means he created something out of nothing. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And then what does it say? Who is there next? Spirit. The Spirit of God was what? Hovering over the face of the earth. So the Holy Spirit's been here since the beginning. Third person of the Trinity. Yes, indeed. What did he do? Why is he everything? Because he creates. What else does he do? Flip it up on the screen. Psalm 104, verse 30. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So everybody look up here for a moment. Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Because he created heaven and earth. He created you and me. He breathed life into us. Flip over to John chapter 16, and I'll give you the ninth reason why I believe the Holy Spirit is everything. Look with me at John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus says this. It is to your advantage that I leave. So let's get this from everybody. Look up here. Jesus is leaving. And then he says, I'm leaving because there's somebody else coming. He says, it's your advantage that I go. He says, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. So I need to leave so that he will come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And here's the role. Look at verse 8. What is he going to do? He's coming to convict. Who is he coming to convict? He says in verse 8, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. I thought that was my job. It's not mine, and it sure ain't yours. And too many of us are trying to point the finger at people, and we're trying to do a job that God has not ordained for us to do. What's our job? 
present truth. Don't you dare back away from it. Look what he says next. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Interesting. He convicts the unbelievers of their sin. Reason number two, top 10 reasons. First one is this. Number 10 is that he creates. Number nine is that he convicts. That, that's his job. And I've got to entrust him to do that. Go ahead and turn in John chapter three. We're gonna talk about salvation for a moment. This passage of scripture is about Nicodemus, who was the religious ruler of the day, and Jesus answered him in verse five. Let's look at John chapter three, verse five. He says, Jesus answered him. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is what? Is spirit What's the Holy Spirit's job? He not only does what? He not only convicts, but he converts. The Holy Spirit is involved in that process. That's why it's so hard to put your finger on it and try to understand it. Because the third person of the Trinity is the one pulling the strings. Turn over to Romans chapter eight, but I want to focus on verse 11 for a moment, and I want to give you the seventh reason why I believe the Holy Spirit is everything to followers of Christ, because he empowers. That's what he does. If, important statement, conditional clause. You know your grammar? He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Stop right there, look up here for a moment. If the spirit who raised Jesus. Oh, how'd Jesus get out of the grave? The spirit. The spirit empowered him to be raised on the third day. He said, if him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So another thing, Holy Spirit, the Spirit dwells in me. If that's true, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. He'll empower me to do things that I could not do if he was not with me. If the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Question, does he? Does he dwell in you? Have you turned to him in repentance and faith? If you have, you have the great advantage. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power that dwelled in Christ dwells in me that he can raise me from the dead and that I don't have to be the same person that I once was and I don't have to be chained down with the same sin. I can find freedom. He's empowered you to be more than you can be. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He empowers, what do I mean? Well, he wants to equip you. He equips people right now to build his church. That's what he wants to equip you to do. How's it going? He didn't give you your gifts to spend on yourself outside of the church. People don't get this message. You know what Jesus said about the church? He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He didn't say, I will build my church and a couple parachurch organizations and your business. He, he didn't say that. I'm not down on business. I'm not down on parachurch organizations. I just love the church. And I think what we've done is, I think in certain instances, I think organizations have risen up to do the church's job because we've failed. And this church is about, let's use our gifts to do what, man? Let's make this the strong organization, the body that it ought to be. Jesus says, I'll build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Man, that's the only thing that's going to stand in the end is the church. Everything else is going down. We need to invest our resources in building in the church. Ron, what do you mean? Because he's equipping us. Look at verse seven. 
He's talking to all Christians. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What's the common good? He's talking about the building up of the church in this context. He's saying, you know what? I've given each of you a gift. So the first thing to understand about the Holy Spirit, he has equipped you. He has given you a spiritual gift. What's a spiritual gift? It's a gift that's empowered by Almighty God that's been given to you for the building of his kingdom. Does he use my natural gifts and abilities? Yes. He puts them on, he amps up the volume. He takes it, I'm telling you, he takes it and raises it to another level. And and it's greater than anything you could imagine. To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, the building of the church. Verse 8, he says, to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Now he's just going to list them. To another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. What's this about? This is about building the church. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All kinds of things that he's given to who? To the church. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. So the gift that you've been given is empowered by the Spirit. I've been given a gift of proclamation and preaching to be used in the church. It's empowered by the Spirit. You've been given a gift. Are you using it? It's empowered by the Spirit. Bad a little cleanup here. Uh, we're talking about a, a, a series on doctrine, so let me just go uh, give you a couple of things to think about as I've just worked through this text. This way you don't have to come up and talk to me after. I don't believe those gifts, all of them that are mentioned here, the miraculous gifts, have ceased. I, I don't believe, I'm not a cessationist. Series on doctrine, I don't believe, I don't believe that they have ceased. Why, Ron? Because I think God can do what he wants, when he wants, and nobody's going to tell him. You hear what I'm saying? So I don't believe that. But another thing is, well, Ron, what do you think about this whole healing thing? I don't believe in healing on demand anymore. Listen to me. I mean, Peter and Paul, these guys, man, I mean, I wish I had this deal. Because they was like this, they're walking through, and hey, you got a problem? You got a difficulty? Boom, boom, you're healed. But like that ain't happening today. All you got to do is like watch one of those news programs at night and you find out how they're all doing it. Do you see what I'm saying? Because people are cheating and doing things that, I mean, I don't believe on healing and demand. Well, what do you believe? Well, I have to filter it through the entirety of scripture. And so if I do that and I talk about healing, I got to turn to James chapter five. Don't have to do it right now, but let me tell you what it says. It talks about if anyone is sick, if anyone is need healing, what do they do? They come to the elders. What do the elders do? They anoint them with oil. That's not saying that all of our elders have the gift of healing either. What that's teaching is that this is a new day and what happened before was unique in circumstance. God is the one who can heal and if he chooses to use me or someone else or whatever, he will do it. He uses the church. listening to High Point with Ron Zappia, and today's message is titled The Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, and it's just one part of our series called Doctrine. To request a copy of the complete message on CD, call 844-HP-RADIO. Ron will be back with more on the Holy Spirit's role in just a minute. What's the high point of your week? This is Ron Zappia, lead pastor of High Point Church, and our hope for you is that encountering God is the high point of your week. 
That's why I want to personally invite you to come to a weekend service at any of our campuses. We're a simple church with one desire to help you believe in Jesus, belong to Jesus, and become more like Jesus. So if you're looking for a church where you can truly call home, where you can take your faith to the next level, come check out High Point Church this weekend. The worship is passionate. The preaching is biblical and relevant to your life, all to help you get to the next level in your faith. We have campuses conveniently located in Naperville, Bolingbrook, and North Aurora, and there's a spot just for you. I hope you'll join us this weekend to reach a new high point in your faith. For service times, directions, and other resources from Pastor Ron Zappia of High Point Church, head online to www.highpoint.church. That's www.highpoint.church. This is High Point with Ron Zappia. Ron's the pastor of High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. We're in a series titled Doctrine, Knowing What You Believe. And you can stream the audio or watch the video when you go to highpointministries.com. Now let's get back to the message. Here's Ron. So just a couple things, bat and clean up. Let's understand where the series is going. What we're saying is this. We're talking about him, the Holy Spirit. He empowers, he equips. Fifth reason why The Holy Spirit is so important. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. Let me front you with a couple questions. Don't answer them now. Can the Holy Spirit leave me? Well, when do I get the Holy Spirit? Do I need a second baptism of the Holy Spirit? All those questions. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. He's talking about the gospel right there. He's saying, when you heard that, and then what did you do? Your part. You believed. It engaged your mind, your emotions, and your will. He says, you believed in him. Who's him? Who's he talking about? When you believed in him, you were sealed with what? The promised Holy Spirit. See, when we did what? When we heard the word of truth about Jesus, when we believed the word of truth about Jesus, what did we do? He, we were sealed with the promised Holy One. The Holy Spirit, it says what was promised long before. It sealed us. Scratch that. He sealed us. What does that word mean? Seal. It's this idea. It's an official mark that's placed on a contract, and it makes it binding so that it cannot be broken. And what they did in this era was that they would put wax on the contract, and then there would be a ring. They called it a signet ring. And to be sealed meant that you would place your signet ring, which was a unique seal for you, and you would put it on the contract on that hot wax, and you would embed it, and then so that contract could not be broken. We were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you believed at the moment of conversion. Already talked about it with my own story. I don't think I understood it, but I got it. I received something outside of myself. You were sealed. So question, when did I get it? I got it at conversion. Can it leave me? He. Can he leave me? Answer, no. Do I need a second baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. Let me, un- let me unpack that. There's one baptism, many fillings. One baptism of the Spirit. You were sealed right there, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. I mean, it's like it, you don't need more of it. It needs more of you, amen? So one baptism happened at the moment of conversion. Many fillings, the Scripture teaches. Four more reasons. Number four, look at Acts chapter one. Flip back for a moment. Acts chapter one, we're gonna look at verse eight. He strengthens. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Some of us, I'm telling you, it's been as a result of our own inadequacies and our own 
sinful actions, that we've got some things happening in our life, but you're not on your own. The Holy Spirit, he strengthens. I could say so much about how he comforts you in the midst of difficulties, but what else does he do? He strengthens not only for comforting us in the midst of disappointment, he strengthens us for the purpose of his gospel. Look at verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power when, what happens? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What he's saying is here is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. When does it come? At the point of conversion. Why has he been given to me? So that I will be a witness, so that I'll proclaim what God's done in my life to other people. That's when he strengthens us and he shows up. We've been entrusted with the gospel. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 32. Oftentimes this is not talked about. What is the Holy Spirit about? He blesses. That's the third reason. He blesses us. That's what he wants to do. He wants to bless you in the midst of your difficulty. Look at verse 14. Look at the promise that was given in Isaiah chapter 32. For the palace is forsaken. The populous city is destroyed. All of those things are not good. Verse 15. Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from high. Well, what's going to happen? Then the wilderness becomes fruitful. It's a picture, do you see? It's a picture of blessing, abundant blessing, a picture from Almighty God. Flip forward to Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. Here we have Isaiah giving it to us again. He says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. He says, I want to do what? I want to bless you. I will pour my spirit upon you, pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. God wants to bless us through his spirit. Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Because he blesses. There's nothing better than the blessing of Almighty God. Well, who's responsible for bringing that to me? Who delivers that package? Who's the postman? The spirit. It's got your name on it. Puts it in your mailbox for you to open up. The spirit. Let's thank the spirit for his blessing. Well, why don't we thank the spirit enough? Well, because we don't focus on him. Why? Because his primary objective, the Holy Spirit, is not to draw attention to himself. He doesn't want a pat on the back. His primary objective is that he would draw our attention to Jesus, that we would give him the pat on the back. But let's understand in a doctrinal series, know what you believe, the Holy Spirit is integral. And we need to give him great appreciation on this day. Two more reasons. Flip over to Galatians chapter 6. He says, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, verse 16, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So it's not easy. He wants to grow us, but how is he going to grow us? We need to do something. We need to do what? We need to walk by the Spirit. And he says, you're in a war right now, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit against the flesh. And those are opposed to each other. So we want to walk in the Spirit, but we got the flesh, and it's a difficult thing, and there's war going on. God wants to do what? He wants to use his Spirit to grow us and to mature us. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. He's checking in with them, and he's just saying, hey, just remember that whole law thing, and it's not any good. Why? We're not to ignore it, but it doesn't solve the problem. It just points out that we have a problem. How does it get solved? Jesus. The law, Paul calls it, he says it's our tutor to bring us to Christ. So that we'll what? Accept him, and then we'll receive the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will work. He goes on to talk about the works of the flesh in verses 19 and 20. But let's move our eyes to verse 22 because now he's talking about this. He's talking, how does he want to grow you? The fruit of the Spirit, this is what the Spirit wants to do in you. He wants to make me more loving. He wants to make me more joyful. 
He wants to make me more peaceful. He wants to make me more patient. He wants to be, make me more kind. He wants to make me more righteous. He wants to make me more faithful. He wants to make me more gentle. He wants to give me more self-control. Question, do you need any more of those things? I'd suggest to you that you need quite a bit. How do you know that, pastor? Because I do. And I know there's just something about life circumstances. They hit you and you find out you got less patience than you thought you had. Isn't it true? And you got less self-control than you thought you had. Why? Because we're in a war. Because the flesh and the spirit. Who powers us up, man? Who gives the victory? Spirit. He wants to grow us and mature us. How, how does he do that? How, how does he grow us and how does he mature us? How, how exactly does that happen? Well, he wants to do this. This is what the Spirit of God wants to do. It's the number one reason I'll suggest to you it's this. He wants to lead us. He wants to grow, but he has to lead. And to lead, you have to follow. The Spirit comes and, 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 and he wants to lead and he wants to pick us up. And then what happens? Okay, come on now. So you're going you're gonna to come. And, and so if you're going to, to, to follow, you've got to go every place that I'm going to go. That, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Holy Spirit goes and does things and... And if he chooses not to follow, the scripture talks about this. It says that you can grieve the Spirit. You can not only grieve the Holy Spirit, but you can quench the Holy Spirit. The scripture says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51, that you can resist the Holy Spirit. Are you following? He wants to lead. Challenging us to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Ron Zappia and a message titled The Doctrine of the Holy Spirit. You can find this message and all previous messages in the series when you go online to highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, you've been talking about following the Holy Spirit's leading. And the question that I'd like to ask is this. How do you discern when it's the Holy Spirit leading? Meaning, yeah. how, how do you know right. for sure? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I mean, for me, I remember when I became a believer and, you know, it was like a year into it, I was, I was wrestling with the decision. And I can totally remember wondering, is this the Holy Spirit or is this just me or is it bad pizza or something like that? And it had to do with me actually getting into my car and leaving. And I'll never forget, I got out of my house at like 1130 because I had to go have a conversation with somebody. And as I backed out of the driveway, I thought to myself, this is it, man. Like if I don't respond, then I, I don't know if I'm ever, like am I going to quench the spirit? Like am I, am I going to know how to respond? So I learned a lot that day. And what I would say is this. When you're sensing that it is the Holy Spirit, the response is a critical thing. But remember, the Holy Spirit's never going to ask you to do something that contradicts God's word. The Holy Spirit's not going to ask you to do something that God doesn't want or desire. So you got to run it through the filter of God's word. Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit wants me to lie. Well, that's not the Spirit. Hey, the Holy Spirit's talking to me about uh, going uh, 80 miles over the speed limit. Hey, that's not the Holy Spirit. And I know those are foolish examples. But when it comes to relationships and what to say and what not to say, and when to speak and when to share your faith. Like, I think we've got to be discerning that the Holy Spirit does not contradict the Word of God. And, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit really leads us through other people. I mean, that's been one of the things in my life is somebody has given me a word of encouragement or confirmed something that I was wrestling with, uh, another fellow, you know, Christian or a pastor, friend of mine, uh, you know, my wife. I mean, these are things, pray for God to lead you through his spirit. And when you know, when you get that sense that he is directing you, I just say this, man, be like I was, 1130 at night, whatever time it is, 
put the car in reverse, get out of the driveway, go forward, and God will bless that time. Great advice, Ron. Thanks so much for that. Well, maybe you've been listening to High Point for a while now, and you've been feeling the Holy Spirit prompt you to get more involved. High Point's listener-supported, and we're here to inspire your spiritual growth, to elevate your faith. It's our mission to provide this teaching every single day, but we can't do it without the help of listeners like you. When you give a gift of any amount or become a monthly High Point partner, you'll be joining our mission to help people around the nation grow daily in their walk with God. And when you do, we'll help you grow in your faith by sending you Oswald Chambers' classic devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. With a short devotional for each day of the year, you're going to find that your faith is renewed as you set your thoughts on the things above. Request My Utmost for His Highest when you support High Point Ministries today. Call with your gift of support to 844 HP Radio or go online to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to send a check, mail it to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. Every dollar you give to High Point goes directly to producing and airing these programs. And if you've been growing in your faith through this ministry, join our community of supporters so others can grow too. Contact us with your gift of any amount and be sure to request my utmost for his highest. Call us at 844-477-2346 or online, go to highpointministries.com. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to come back tomorrow for more of our series on the core beliefs of Christianity titled Doctrine, Knowing What You Believe. That's Tuesday on High Point with Ron Zappia.